Welcome to Fireside Nets, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. This is episode 151, and we have, once again, a guest co-host, my guy from the Only Nets Fan You Know pod, Pete. What's happening, my dog? It's it's good to have you back on the show. Very excited to be back. Lots to talk about. Uh, I'm just waiting for this offseason to start. Let's just jump straight into it. Let's go. I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. And for those wondering, uh, brother Nick, he's out again this week. Uh, let's let's call it the reason being rehearsal. You know, you, you ever see that the D, the DNP and it says like rehearsal or something? Yeah, that's that's what he's got. Um, so, without further ado, let's get into it. We have the reaction to the second game of the NBA Finals, surprisingly won by the Miami Heat. The score was 111-108. The Nuggets made a late surge at the very end of the game. Jamal Murray missed a step-back three to tie the game. The series is tied 1-1 as the, te- the two teams head to Miami. Uh, Pete, thoughts after the first two games of this series? I'll be very honest. Uh, once the Nets are eliminated, <laughs> I don't watch the playoffs. I'm a purely a Nets fan. I enjoy watching good basketball. Don't get me wrong, but it, it always pains me that my team is not in the finals or they don't make a deep run. And uh, to be honest, I thought this series would kind of be like a, a wash. I was kind of expecting Denver to just uh, roll over Miami, and I'm shocked that they won game two. Totally shocked. Yeah, so I I, I am super dialed into this series. Um and I get it. You're a true fan. Maybe you're more of a fan than me. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't deny you that. I think that for you to just stop watching basketball after the Nets are out, that's some some freaking loyalty right there. It's like me, it's like me. I gotta watch. I, I I gotta see. You know, it's it's like watching the end of a movie, even though my favorite character died. I I still gotta see who wins. So, uh, you know, first two games completely different. In in game one, Denver really dominated for three quarters the, the heat were able to slow him down a little bit in that second half um but but really it was a wire to wire win for, for denver in that first game uh and the thoughts out of that that first match were you know sweep denver in five miami's not going to do it miami's role players in game two came to play max Struess started off the game he hit a bunch of threes he was hot duncan robinson started the fourth quarter had 10 straight points hit a few threes, hit an and one layup. He was great. Kevin Love started the game. He had six points, 10 rebounds. Um, Adebayo, who was pretty good in game one, he was excellent in game two, did a great job of neutralizing everybody else other than Jokic. And the reason that Duncan and Max Struess were able to get open so much is because Bam just sets such a good screen. One of the best screen setters in the NBA. Um, Spolstra threw a perfect game in terms of coaching. Kyle Lowry hit some shots. Even 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 Caleb Martin, who's really struggled, he hit one three, and it was a very very clutch three. Uh, Gabe Vincent was actually the star of this game. Twenty three points for him in thirty two minutes. He just absolutely hit every big shot that Miami needed: the wide open ones, the contested ones, some running floaters. Uh, he was brilliant. And in terms of Denver, why they lost this game, 
Malone said it best, but they 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 lack discipline. You know, they they missed a lot of assignments on defense. Michael Porter Jr. and Contavious Caldwell Pope each had bad games offensively. They were cold and it crept into the defense side of the ball. KCP had two plays where he fouled a three-point shooter. Um, one was Lowry. I, I don't remember who the other one was, but then, you know, also uh, Michael Porter Jr. He just looked disengaged defensively on on multiple occasions. He's six ten. He's he's got to be better than that. So lack of discipline. And uh, look, I, I said this. Miami's going to beat you because they're going to out execute you. It's not going to be a talent thing with Miami. It's if their role players are doing what they're asked and, and Jimmy Butler is leading, you know, the, the way they're going to win. And uh, Butler was all right in this one. I mean, I mean, 21 points in 40 minutes, nine rebounds. He hit some big shots in that fourth quarter. But if the Heat role players are going to outplay the Nuggets role players and, and the Heat starters are going to outplay the Nuggets starters, like it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a long series for Denver. So, look, I haven't watched them all year. I was listening to uh, to a fan on the radio today. He was on the show with Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Will, and, and Kellerman, and he said that. The Nuggets have these games where they just look disinterested. They look disengaged. They're not ready from jump. And they usually come back the next time and win. So I still have Denver in six. That was my pick, I think, a few podcasts ago or or last week. Uh, I I still like Jokic and them to get it done because I I do think that, you know, the finals is about taking punches. And you knew Miami wasn't going to go out quietly. So this this was a huge, huge uppercut by Miami. Can Denver recover? Can they, can they win a game three on the road in Miami in a hostile environment? I think they can. And I think they'll be much more engaged defensively. Coach Malone will have these guys ready to play. I think Denver's going to come out in game three and, and, and get the W. I got a question for you, though. I was looking at the stats. In the fourth quarter, I saw the Heat shot 11-16 from the field, 5-9 from three. Do you think they have another type of like fourth quarter in them? I think they could do it one more time. I can't see them continually doing this over and over. I think Denver will make some adjustments. Yeah, I mean, look, if Duncan Robinson plays a quarter as well as he played that fourth quarter, I might re-question everything I know about basketball. I I mean, this man who is a spot-up shooter, and and granted, he has improved his off-the-dribble basketball game, and his basketball IQ has gotten slightly better with time, but my God, like three in your grill – layup over Jeff green. Um, he, he hit another layup. Like he just, he could not be stopped. He got fouled on, on a shot. Uh, I don't think he's going to do that again. Um, but at the same time, the heat are one of those squads where they feed off of defensive stops and outside of Jokic, who had, I think 41 yesterday, Jokic just, he basically, every time it looked like the heat, were going to go on another run. Jokic would get a basket. Um, but at the same time, if Jokic is scoring every way down the, down the court, right, Pete, and the other four guys are just kind of standing around watching, they're not going to be as engaged on defense. That's just sort of a fact. You know, the energy's better when everybody's scoring, when Porter Jr. is hitting threes, when Bruce Brown is taking it to the rack, when, when Jamal's got it going on. By the way, Miami did an excellent job on Jamal Murray. That was another adjustment they made. They started Kevin Love over Caleb Martin in game two, and they had Jimmy Butler. D up Jamal Murray and he did a fantastic job on him. Murray didn't get hot until very late in that fourth quarter where he, where he hit a few shots. Um, so to answer your initial question, do I think that they're going to have another quarter like that? If they play as well as they did defensively through three quarters, 
then yeah, it, it, it sort of won't surprise me if guys like Struess, Vincent, Robinson, uh, Hayden Highsmith, it, it won't uh, surprise me if those guys get hot. If you could take one of these franchises, and I'm talking about roster, front office, and give it to the Nets, right? Would you rather the Nets take the Heat franchise or the Nuggets franchise? Nuggets, obviously, they have, I would say, better talent. I would say the Heat are probably maybe the best run organization in basketball, but less talent. Yeah, I mean, give me the Nuggets. Like, one of the callers into uh, the radio today was going over age, right? Jokic is 27. Um, Gordon's 26. I think MPJ is, is 24, 25. Jamal's not 30 yet. These guys are extremely young. And uh, even if they lose this finals, you know, that, that's experience right there, right? They, they've never been in this situation before. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, these guys have been here before. Kyle Lowry's won a championship. So um, I definitely would, would want to be a Denver Nuggets fan over a Miami Heat fan right now. And, yeah, get all those guys to Brooklyn. Let's do a full trade swap <laughs> both teams. I love it. All right, Pete, let's move on. Let's get to some Nets news. All right, we're going to start. With, you know, I guess the biggest news of the week, if you're a Nets fan, Mikhail Bridges commits to Team USA for FIBA World Cup 2023. He joins Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Bobby Portis, and Austin Reeves as those selected. Pete, what are your thoughts on our boy Mikhail Bridges getting the invite and committing to Team USA? I fucking hate it. I hate it 100%. Uh, you think about all these Olympics, FIBA. Yes, it's great. They get, you know, Bridges talking to another star player. Maybe they come and join us in Brooklyn a couple years down the line. But the first thing that comes to my head is the Paul George injury. He's snapping his tibia. He's out for the year. I think he played only six games the following season. And I think you take Bridges off this Nets team. And this team is going to be disastrous. Obviously, we haven't done the draft yet. It's not a completed roster. But all I think is just we're like a Bridges injury away from being a lottery lock. That's And that's like the nightmare scenario. Are you, You're not a parent yet, are you? I'm not. So you're going to be the, the dad who's going to be super worried every time his kid plays a oh, sport that he's going to get hurt. Absolutely. Nah, you can't do that. You see, you, you, you got to let your kid go out and get experiences. And that's exactly what... This is from Mikhail Bridges. This is an excellent experience to play real talent overseas, get better at your game, work on your IQ, work with coaches you normally don't work with, pick their brains. Mikhail Bridges is a student of the game, right? He is someone who's gradually improved his skills each year to the point where he is a fringe all-star player at this current moment. So any type of experience that he can get to make him, him better, to make him sharper, to sharpen those edges – Absolutely. I love this move by Mikhail Bridges. The more basketball, the better. That's that's fair. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm someone who's rather nervous when it comes to stuff like this. Nets don't have the best luck. So I'm always, you know, a little uh, when it comes to stuff like this. Yeah, sometimes you got to let your kid play football for a season or two, you know? All right, we're moving on. We got Assistant coach news. The Nets have added Kevin Ollie as an assistant coach. Pete, thoughts on uh, BK adding Kevin Ollie? 
Uh, I always have this thing that with the assistant coaches that I think they do add something to the team. I'm not going to deny that. I'm a coach myself. But uh, really, it's the head coach that kind of sets the tone and gets the most out of his assistant coaches. And that's, like I said, that's how I usually think about things. I, I, we know Kevin Ollie from UConn. He won a championship. He played in the, the league for a couple of years. But this guy is a god. Like, this guy is really, really a god. He's not, you know, this guy was kind of like a fringe player. He wound up being in uh, 20, was it, uh, 08, 09. He was the captain of the T-Wolves in 09, 2010. He joins OKC on a Vets minimum deal. And Kevin Durant had this to say about him. This is from a couple years ago. Kevin Durant, in an interview with Grantland, said that Kevin Ali taught him the ropes and changed the culture of Oklahoma City. That it was a game changer for them. And uh, apparently his professionalism changed Westbrook, Jeff Green, James Harden, and KD's like professionalism and I guess like practice style. Whatever it was, they seem to love him and he's loved everywhere he goes. Great pickup by the Nets. I love it. Yeah, I'm a fan of it as well. Um, I like it because he was a legend at UConn, won that title in 14. And I think that he, he's someone that can attract younger co collegiate players to want to play for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I also think, you know, you can't shut the door on a Kevin Durant return in a few years. Maybe at the twilight of his career, he comes back with the Nets because Kevin Ollie's an assistant coach here. I'm not going to rule it out, Pete. Also, he played. Uh, he played. He coached for Overtime Elite, which is a sort of like the G League team. The last two go. years, it's gonna okay. help in scouting a lot. He knows these guys, not just the star players, but the everyone. And I'm I'm sure he knows, you know, at least some knowledge base of uh, of the high school game. Also, yeah. Plus, his last name is a cool skateboarding move. So, only guy in the NBA who has a cool skateboarding move as his last name. Factual information. Right. Facts. All right. I call this next segment important or nothing. There was video of a Nets fan screaming at Joe Sy at a recent Liberty game. Joe, we want Lillard. And Joe Sy's reaction was he smiled and laughed it off. Pete, is this something or nothing? It's important nothing. or nothing. Important or nothing. Yeah. That was the name of the segment. I got to remember the name of the segment. You see, you're saying it's, it's nothing. nothing. <laughs> Definitely important. Nothing. Like let's, you know, let's face it. He's probably being called a lot worse out in the streets by, by some fans. That's probably the nicest thing he's been yelled at probably that day. Right. But let's, let, let's face it. So this is nothing. He probably gets that all the time. I'm sure he gets, you know, ridiculed for trading KD. I'm sure every star in the NBA has been yelled at him. So it's nothing. It's it's kind of funny, and I'm kind of happy that he could laugh at it. I think it would have uh, been very telling if he if he had said anything, right? Because like well, the way he played it was perfect by just laughing. You have no idea which way he was leaning. But if he had if he had reacted or if he had said something, there could have been a tell there, right? Like if he goes, I can't talk about you know off season business or ah, that's Sean's job. If he had said something like that, I think we'd have a little bit more to, to speculate about. Yeah, you know, like well, well, we won't know anything. But like I said, I'm, I'm just happy that that he laughed at it and he took it in stride because I don't think anybody wants the owner 
that's uh, you know going to get pissed off or you know start kicking out their own fans from from his arena, sort of like the other team in New York City might do when uh, their owner gets ridiculed. Yeah, I mean, shout out to that fan for having the stones to uh, to raise his voice at Joe Sai in Joe Sai's house. In his home. His that's humble his that's, his, that's, <laughs> his, that's his baby. All right. This is a fun segment. This is called, Do We Have a Beef Here? So Kevin Durant was super active on Twitter a few days ago, as he likes to be. Former net. I, I have to put that out there. And he responded to a fan who commented on his health. And he said, you got to beware of guys flopping into my legs. I'm going to work on that this summer. He's being sarcastic, obviously, because he hurt himself due to Bruce Brown falling into KD's legs against the Pelicans a few years ago. So a lot of Nets fans, including the the Brooklyn Netcast Twitter, if you're on Nets Twitter, you know who those guys are. They, They post a lot. They have a large following. They believe that this confirmed that KD did not want Bruce Brown back in Brooklyn. So what are your thoughts here? Do we have a beef? Is KD subliminally taking shots at current West Finals player, Bruce Brown? Question. Who fell into KD last season? Do you Jimmy remember? Butler. Yeah, it, it, exactly, right? So it's, it's, it's kind of a reach saying that it's Bruce Brown. Like, like, you know, like it's, it's, I, I don't even know what to say. Like fans kind of reach for, for this stuff all the time. And this one's just a complete reach. Now, do I believe that there is a beef between them possibly? Yeah, but I don't think this was a shot at him. And I really wonder what that beef could be. Like what, what, what reason could Kevin Durant have to not want Bruce Brown back in Brooklyn? You ever watch Bruce Brown do any interviews? He seems like an extremely charismatic guy. He's clearly a hard worker. That's part of his MO is, is he freaking, he's going to outwork you. He has a love for the game. That's just easy to, to see. And when, when he plays, like he plays with a passion that you think KD would respect. So if KD doesn't like Bruce Brown, then fooey on him, man. That's, that's just pick, pick guys not to like who deserve not to be liked. Cause Bruce Brown seems like an extremely likable guy. Do you think it's more of a system fit? Like maybe he didn't think that Bruce Brown's size fit well on the roster because we already were undersized. Yeah, I guess. But in that case, get rid of Patty Mills. You know, but that's point guard. Come on. You know, they were using Bruce Brown as like the the power forward, right? No, I I get what you're saying. Um, Maybe. Maybe it was schematics, but again, Kevin Durant is, is, should not be the general manager. If he likes a guy and, and wants to bring that guy in, fine. But Bruce Brown was such an essential piece of that 21 team. Like, you saw what we missed this year without him. Yeah. We, we missed a guy who could come off the bench and make plays on offense, not only for himself, but for others. So, yeah, that, that's, that, that, that kind of struck a nerve with me when I read that. Um, all right. This next segment I like to call Time Traveling Nets. Pete, if you can put any net from the history of the organization on this team, who would it be? Um, you know, I could have gone really, really deep back. I, I didn't want to go like go that that far. I kept it to the Brooklyn era. Uh, I thought it'd be interesting to see, and this is going to be a very unpopular answer. 2012-2013 D-Will. Play 78 games, 36 minutes a game. 
He put up 18 points, shot 44% from the field, 37% from three, three rebounds, seven assists to steal a game. And I, I imagine this lineup, D-Will, Bridges, CJ, adding a power forward, I don't know, through trade or free agency or whatever, and Clax. But the four of you know, the, those guys, I, 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 I like that. I, I like that. D-Will provides the scoring, the ball handling, and we know that he's a good passer. It allows Bridges to fall into that number two spot. And then our third option is CJ, which is ridiculous if you think about it. Yeah, no, listen, I I have respect for Darren Williams, mainly during his tenure with Utah. Uh, was not his biggest fan while he was in Brooklyn. Thought he, he really um, did not live up to his potential. The only thing I, I look at is I look at Spencer Dinwiddie, and I think Darren Williams at that stage in his career was a little bit better version of Spencer Dinwiddie, no? I think a lot better passer. Okay. Okay. I'm at that. Mean, and then you... Din- Dinwiddie had some great assist numbers in the regular season with he Brooklyn. Did. I think he might have led the NBA in the second half or something. Something like that. He was one of I, – I agree, but uh, I think he's just a better fit. Okay. Okay, I got, I, got, I got one for you. You ready? So, listen, I, I respect Darren Williams, all-star in his prime. Give me a, a solid role player. I, I've been wanting a stretch four on this Nets team for a long time. So give me a guy. Give me a – well, okay, I have two guys in mind. Was Luis Scola ever on the Nets? Absolutely. Okay, so it would be him or it would be Boston Knockbar. I'd actually prefer Scola because Scola can hit the mid-range. But I, I, for me – what the Nets have been lacking is that quintessential three and D power forward who can get rebounds, who can like Kevin Love in his prime when he was on the on the the Cavs and he was playing alongside Tristan Thompson. That's who I want. I want Davis Bertans from a few years ago when he was raining threes for I think this was San Antonio at that point. Um, those are the kinds of guys I want, and Bosch should knock. Bar was a knockdown three-point shooter. He was big. He had size. Uh, he'd be a nice four. But but Scola, really, I think Scola would fit perfectly. If you had a lineup of Mikhail, Spence, CJ, Scola, and Nick Claxton, I would I would vibe hard with that lineup. What do you think about AK-47 when he was like, you know, defensive of the player of the year-esque hitting down threes? I feel like that would be a monster on this team. Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> I guess him, my problem with him and Cam Johnson are very similar in size, right? Karolinko was I feel like 6'10". he might be taller, but you might be right. I didn't I, this is off the top of my head. Yeah, I like I liked Karolinko's mm-hmm. game. Uh even even like KG would be perfect. I don't even care oh, if he's out of his prime. K- KG would be so good for this team cuz he he could play right alongside a Kendrick Perkins, um any of those guys. He would be great alongside Claxton. All right. We have a happy birthday in the Nets universe. Royce O'Neal has turned 30 years old. Pete, happy birthday, Royce O'Neal. Shout out to Royce O'Neal. I hope you got, I hope he has a nice dinner with his family. You know, uh, maybe go to a nice steakhouse. Ooh, that sounds good. Right? Do How do you order like your that. steak? How are we getting our steak these days? Oh, I, I get it rare. Wow. I get it rare. I'm, I'm a bad boy. You don't even want that thing cooked. No, I, I want that. I want that shit red as fuck. Wow. Okay. God damn. Yeah, I'll go medium rare. 
if I'm if I'm feeling a little crazy. Yeah, I think that's how I order my steak because I order my burgers medium. I order my steaks medium rare. You got to live one time, bro. Yeah, rare is a little much for me. <laughs> uh, all right. This next segment is called In Other News. Totally unrelated to the Nets. There was a Sham Sharania report that rocked the NBA Twitter scene today. Kyrie Irving is openly trying to recruit LeBron James to Dallas this offseason. Not sure how LeBron will get there. Not sure if, if Dallas will have the money to even make a deal like that work. But Kyrie Irving wants it on record through Sham Sharania that he wants the king in Dallas with him and Luka. Pete, what were your thoughts when you first saw that? Not surprised. People have been talking about that for a little bit. You know, the last couple of years, there, there was a, you know, is Kyrie going to go to the Lakers? You know, the Nets are going to trade Kyrie to the Lakers. You know, let, let's get Kyrie and LeBron back. Let's get that nostalgia back from Cleveland and put them in L.A. Not surprised. I, I don't know. How, like you said, I don't know how they would do it. They, they would have to jump through some hoops. And with the new CBA, it, it would – I can't even imagine – like the fines and, and uh, you know, whether through draft picks or whatever that Dallas would have to go through, it would be ridiculous. Yeah. Let me tell you how that conversation probably went. So Kyrie calls up LeBron. He goes, Bron, how would you feel about playing in the Lone Star State? LeBron responds, no, thank you. Hangs up. That's the whole conversation. I, why would LeBron go play in Dallas? They, they were not making the playoffs last year, right? They missed the playoffs. They don't have a lot of young pieces. Um, the Josh, Josh Green, I think, is his name. And I want to just make sure I'm not getting his name incorrect because that would be rude. Um, they don't have a lot of young pieces. They're, they're, they're not – I mean, look, they're a LeBron James away. Yeah, Josh Green, he, he, had a, he had a good season last year. They're obviously LeBron James away from being a, you know, a title contender, but LeBron's not going to leave the Lakers and this organization that he pretty much – you know, built alongside Rob Palenka to go play in Dallas. You think that Cuban's gonna gonna let LeBron James run his franchise? Do you know Mark Cuban? Like this is this is wild to me. And if they're falling, if the Mavericks organization is falling for Kyrie's kind of like, hey, give me a contract. Here's what I can do for you. Give me the max. I'll, I'll bring over LeBron. I'll, I'll bring over this guy. Like, okay, after after LeBron says no, who who else is Kyrie gonna recruit to Dallas? Who is Kyrie that close with outside of LeBron who who he who could play with him in Dallas? Jalen Brown. That's actually the one guy that came to mind after I said that. Yeah, that would be interesting. Jalen, Kyrie, and and uh Luca in, in Dallas. Um, I think it's hilarious. I, I think it reeks of desperation, to be honest with you. Um it gives me sort of that like who does Kyrie think he is vibe? You know, he he's the first to to bash the media about uh, saying things about who he is as a person and talking about him. He wants, he wants the media to keep his name out, out their mouths, but then he goes through a, a source to get to Sham Sharania and get this leak. Like it's to me, it's just, it's total baloney. I don't think LeBron's going to go to Dallas. Um, frankly, this, this tweet made me kind of sick this morning. Understandable. I think there's a better chance he goes to Kyrie goes to LA, right? Yeah, and again, there's a, a few hoops that L.A. needs to go through to make that work as well. And does the L.A. even want to pay him? 
right? That's the question that you, you have to think about. What team is going to pay this guy a lot of money? Because he has not been the most available player the last four years. Injury. One team. One team. What team? The Mavs. The Mavs. Because they have to. Because they have to. That's your answer. All right, Pete. I'm going to end this uh, end this episode with, with a nice little entertaining, funny-ish segment. We like to have fun here on Fireside Nets. For, for those who listen, it's not all about breaking down what happened on the court. It's also about you know keeping each other smiling and uh, you know sharing good vibes week to week. So this next segment is called Mandate, the Pete from the Only Nets Fan You Know edition. So we we were texting me and Pete earlier this week, and uh, he said, "I you know I'd love to go to a Nets game with you." I thought that was really nice, and I just wanted to know, you know, live on the podcast, could you talk to me about what our night would be like if we went to a, to a Nets game together? You know, this this is a straight mandate between two dudes who love the Brooklyn. Nets. <laughs> I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, that was it. That was the end of my question. Okay. All right, so uh, I'm gonna set the set the ambiance, set the atmosphere Please. for you, okay? Please do. So the weather is gonna be a little bit warmer. It's not gonna be in the middle of the season where it's a cold and you can't really walk around. It's gonna be towards the let you know latter days of the season. We're gonna be walking around Fifth Avenue. We're gonna find a nice bar, knock down a couple of drinks, some cocktails, talk about the game. We'll get to the game maybe half an hour early. So then, you know, uh, we'll go through the uh, – what's the back entrance of the arena? I have no idea. I don't know Man, anything. I forgot. Anyway, we're not going to go through the about... We're okay. going to skip the crowds, go through the back okay. entrance of the arena where the true fans go through because you know there's yep. no lines there ever. Yep. Walk in. You know, we'll get a, maybe a beer or two. We'll settle into our seats. We'll talk about uh, the game. It's going to be the Nets versus the Knicks. Or some, you know, <laughs> or some important game, some game of value. We're going to get a little rowdy with, with our drinks and maybe a little shit talking with some Knicks fans that happen to be seated around us. You know, not, not, not anything violent or, or crazy. Just keep it basketball. We're not going to have anything at the game, though, because the prices are too much and I'm too cheap. Agreed. Very I, smart. You know, you know, you got a wife, I got a girlfriend, and, uh, you know, we got we to gotta, we gotta give the cheddar to them. So, <laughs> got to keep the expenses down. I'm with you. Yeah. So watch the game. Enjoy the game. The Nets are going to win. Buzzer beater by Bridges. Oof. We go crazy. And we say, you know, like, you hungry? And then I'm going to go to you, and this is where this is going to go. Okay. And this is very important to me because I have very strong feelings about this. I don't know if we can keep this friendship going. I like food. Do you go Shake Shack or Chick-fil-A? I'll probably go Shake Shack. My guy, my guy. Yeah, real that's one. easy. Shake Shack's like one of my one of my favorite not, not fast casual. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite fast casual burgers out there. See this 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 budding bromance is. I see it budding even more. Of course, I get my. We get our, our burgers. We share cheese fries. We have our shakes. We talk. You know, talk the game. And then you know, depending what day it is in the week, maybe we get like one more drink or or I take the end train home. And we call it a night. We say we'll we'll do this again some other time. Pete, I have to be honest with you. That night sounds heavenly. <laughs> the way that you set the picture and you set the mood, I, I I literally closed my eyes and imagined we were there. 
when we both reached for the cheese fries and accidentally touched hands. <laughs> I, I acted startled, but I wasn't. Um, that just that sounded like a really nice night, and I can't wait to make it a reality. Sounds good. All Let's right. Do it. That does it. What a, what a nice episode of Fireside Nets brought to you by our guys at Empire Sports Media. Thank you to Pete from the Only Nets Fans, Only Nets Fan You Know podcast. My guy right here, you know, love having you on the show. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Tune in. Can I get, can I get one more plug in really quickly? It's yeah, the Only Nets Fans You Know, but I know the Twitter gets confusing. The Twitter is Nets Fans You Know. You can check us out. We put out weekly episodes with my co-host Charlie, and uh, you'll probably see me on here with uh, with Spen. You know, somewhere down the line. Absolutely, absolutely. And by the way, apologies for for cutting off your plug. Yes, please. If you're not already following his Twitter page at Nets fans, you know you got right at there. Nets fans, you know that's what the Twitter page is. Didn't want to get it wrong. And uh, absolutely, it's I can almost guarantee as much as I plan on waking up tomorrow that you will be back on this show very soon. Thanks Love again it. to everyone who listened and go nets. And as always catch you on the fire side.